I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope, and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24-7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship with your host, Claudia Pauls. Welcome back to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship. And today we're going to be talking about um, bystander intervention. And we have Deborah Hackworth with us today, who is the Director of Advocacy, Advocacy Services uh, for DASIS. And thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me. Just the whole idea of bystander intervention. Uh, that's an interesting topic. I don't know if it's scary or if it's welcomed. or <laughs> So maybe we'll just start with a definition. Well, I think it's a little bit of both because when you talk about a bystander, um, a bystander is anyone who's present for an event that's not an active actor or participant in the event. So um, anyone can be a bystander. Mm -hmm. You're a bystander. I'm a bystander. Um, people that are just having to be passing by, they're all bystanders. But when we realize that we're a bystander for an incident, when we're talking about domestic or sexual violence, we then have to decide what kind of bystander we want to be in that situation. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. So whether you want to pretend you didn't see it, whether you want to get in the middle, that's a huge exactly. uh, range of possibilities there. Yeah, absolutely. So the ones that um, see an a situation or an assault or something mm -hmm. and they decide mm, that's not my business really don't want to be involved that's called a passive bystander that person is um, has just decided they're not going to engage they're not going to get involved in any way and that's not the kind of bystander that we want to be because when we say nothing we're still saying it's okay right correct and then there's the um bystander who acts in a way that um, further agitates the situation. If you can imagine, um, I think of schoolyard situations where there's a fight and a bunch of people gather around mm -hmm. and they're basically cheering on the situation, you know, or when there's um, an argument between a husband and a wife or a couple or partners and there's other people around and um, the the wife may or um, one person may say to the other one even just plainly oh be quiet mm -hmm. and then friends chime in oh you're gonna let her get away with that or you're gonna let someone speak to you like that that's acting in a way that is agitating the situation right making it um, probably grow to uh, a place where it may not have gone if there weren't outside agitators. Wow. 
that, that never would have entered my mind as a bystander, bystander to do something like right, that. But, right, right. Wow. Well, it, you'd be surprised how often something like that will happen. But the kind of bystander we want to be when we see things happen is an engaged bystander. That's the kind of bystander who will um, act in a way to stop the behavior. And so there's a lot of different ways to do it, but there's more ways not to do it (laughs) than there are ways to do it. So what are some things you should not do if you're... Some things that you should not do. Number one is you should not put yourself in harm's way. If you see an assault, especially a physical assault going on, um, you know, don't be a superhero. Don't go and run and put yourself in the middle of the situation and possibly cause yourself to be harmed. Right. And that's almost an automatic reaction to get in the middle. Yeah, for some people it is. For some people it is. They want to get right in the face of the abuser, right in the middle of the situation. And, you know, how dare you? You need to stop and blah, 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 blah. But we don't know where that can escalate or if that person will then turn on you and harm you. I'm a firm believer that even though um, our statistics show that abusers generally just abuse the person that they're in an intimate partner relationship with, I believe if you will abuse someone that you care about, you really won't think twice about abusing me right? and who you don't care about. Or may not know well or at least not care about to the degree that you do. Exactly. And so that's something that you do not want to do. You don't want to put yourself in harm's way. Another thing that you do not want to do as a engaged bystander is... um, talk to the victim about the abuser in front of the abuser you don't want to go to that person and even if you feel like you need to you don't want to go to them in front of like come with me you you don't want to put them Mm -hmm. in a position where they have to make a decision that could further put them in danger remember um, survivors, victims, they are the authority on their lives. They're the experts on their own lives. And so whatever they decide to do in that situation, they may be doing what's best for them. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to confront the victim in front of the abuser. That would seem to make sense, too. Mm-hmm. Even if you're really, in your mind, going to help and fix and protect them, Right. it could sure lead to some worse situations absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely the third thing i would say that you um well it's more not what you don't want to do but what you do want to do is talk to the perpetrator of it you um you want to direct your attention to them especially if it's someone that you know Hmm. so that's not a what not to do it's more what to do and especially if you have a relationship with that person you can then talk to them personally you know hey I see you acting this way and you know I'm shocked because I know you're a better person than that Um, love doesn't mean you hurt the person that you love and so you challenge them to um, have better behavior instead of um, even do you need to avoid words like stop doing what you're doing? Or No, it depends no? on your relationship with that uh-huh. person. Stop doing what you're doing may be what, um, what helps, but it depends on your relationship. I wouldn't go to a complete stranger mm-hmm. and be like, stop doing what you're doing. You know, no, you may want to call for some help or some backup. On right. That. right, right. What are some other 
things you should do? Okay, well, um, this year with our task force um, on family violence and domestic and sexual abuse services, we're doing a hashtag one thing. And one thing is, what is one thing that you can do to stop um, family violence, whether that's domestic or sexual assault? So one thing is, if you see something, say something. Mm -hmm. If you're passing by, if you're driving by and you happen to see something happening, you know, um, make it your business. Call the police. Get involved. You could save a life that way. Wow. Some other things that you should do is um, learn what resources that are available for survivors. Learn what resources are available in the area. Um, increase your knowledge about the dynamics of domestic violence and sexual assault so that you are better able to help survivors and victims if you happen to see what's going on. Right. Um, how is this being like with the, I don't, I'm not really good at hashtags there. So <laughs> how yes. do people access this? Are, is it on the web page? Is it? Well, right now we are um, trending this on our Facebook page. Mm -hmm for the Cass County and St. Joseph County Task Force on Family Violence. So you can follow us there. And if you happen to go there, um, please, you know, um, comment on what's your one thing that you could do to stop family violence. Oh, great. Okay. So that leads me to my other thing that okay. you can do is, um, you know, speak out about it. Let people know um, how you feel about domestic violence and sexual assault. That way they know that you make, you're a ally, you're a safe person that they can come to when or if they are in that situation. So we want people to say, um, to use their voice because we know that domestic violence and sexual assault thrives in silence. So if we're using our voice to speak out about it, then more people will reach out for help. That is true. We also have discussed, you know, in, in previous um, podcasts that a lot of times, obviously, things are happening at home. If you're in mm -hmm. a large crowd with lots of people and mm -hmm. lots of bystanders, mm -hmm. that's way less common than maybe you're over at someone's home and you see something mm -hmm. going on or you're related or family members, that sort of thing. Right. Another thing that bystanders can do, let's say if you're in a place and um, I remember seeing a PSA that was talking about being an active bystander when you see someone who may be um, being set up to be sexually assaulted. So let's say there's a woman or a man who's in a bar and they've had too much to drink, they're intoxicated, and you see a predator coming and trying to take advantage mm -hmm. of that person, how do we then engage in that in a way that would stop that sexual assault from taking place? And one way to do it is um, go in and interrupt the situation. Sure. Go in and, um, hey, distract the either the perpetrator or the victim by talking to them. Ask them to join your, your group, your, your party, whatever you're doing. You can do that by yourself or you can do that with the group that you're with. Mm -hmm. That's one way to engage that um, a person could possibly not be sexually assaulted when they're under the influence of um, 
alcohol or drugs because here in the state of Michigan, the law says that no one can give consent to any sexual conduct if they are under the influence of alcohol or drugs. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that's the law, and that's a, a pretty darn good law to have. So, mm-hmm. um, good. Yeah, so, um, you know, disrupt the situation. Don't, um, don't act alone. And if you're seeing someone who's even being um, harassed, sexually harassed or anything, you can confront the um, harasser. That's one way because it's not a physical altercation. Mm-hmm. That's one time you can confront the harasser and say, you know, you need to stop. That's inappropriate. Um, what you said just made me feel comfortable, and here's why you should not say these things. Um, do you realize how problematic what you're doing is? And this can even happen in the workplace. Right. Because oftentimes in the workplace, um, conversations will get out of hand, and we're, um, people are telling jokes or saying mm-hmm. things inappropriate. And so one thing we want to do is um, set the atmosphere that these kind of things are not appropriate. And so speaking up is important. Um, set the expectation that people will know if they say certain things or do certain things in your presence that you're not going to stand for it. That's important. I would think also as a bystander, if you know that the victim is not going to stand up for themselves, especially mm-hmm. like in a workplace situation mm-hmm. or something like that, um, enabling them to to maybe get a little bit stronger and see that no you really don't have to take this kind of treatment standing up for someone um and helping them to give their power back is empowering them Mm -hmm. to stand up for themselves maybe next time and a lot of times people in power um, will think well employers pastors whoever they tend to think well of course that person knows that i would support them if they were ever to come to me with this situation. But if we're not saying anything, if we're not setting those standards, then no, someone doesn't know that you would be supportive of them or you would speak up for them in that situation. So it's important that we um, that we speak up and let people know that that's not something that we'd stand for. Right. You can't assume that they that everyone thinks the way you do or everyone is believing what you're believing mm-hmm. unless you've heard them say it. Exactly. And understand how your privilege positions um, you to speak up. You know, your age, your race, your gender, etc. may make it safer for you to speak up and be vocal for someone than, um, than it would for either the victim or someone else. Right. And so use whatever privilege you have in society to speak up. You know, as a woman of color, there's a lot of places that I don't particularly have privilege. But in our agency, I do have privilege because I'm a director. And so if I set the atmosphere that certain things are not acceptable Mm -hmm. in our agency, that goes a long way um, to stop certain behaviors. And so where I have privilege, I will use my privilege to make it a safe place for people who may not have that privilege. Right. And where you don't have privilege, I bet you could find some privilege. <laughs> I <laughs> you would trust you for that. <laughs> where I don't have privilege, I make allies with people who do have privilege. And they and know that they will speak up. Right. Very true. Absolutely. And um, we talked about taking action online. Um, 
using those hashtags, hashtag no more, hashtag times up, hashtag me too, all of those um, different um, hashtag statements, taglines will let people know how you feel about that and be proactive. Don't wait for something. Don't always be reactive to something that happens. Speak up before it happens. Right. You know, Especially like pro- in a workplace, maybe. You exactly. Know, if people already know you, you know, these are the standards we hold as opposed to even saying, don't do this, don't do this. But this is how we treat people. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And what, another thing that employers can do is they can contact our agency at our 800 number and have our executive director, Rose Ludwig, come out and talk about domestic violence in the workplace and how employers can set an atmosphere where um, their employees know that they're safe and to help put policies in place Mm -hmm. before it happens or I wouldn't say before it happens but because we know it goes on all the time but if um, employees know that there's something in place they know that there's a safe place that they can go right right and and just talking about it lends Mm -hmm. people to believe this is a safe place exactly and you know we talk about with safety planning how you practice your safety plan so that um, you know what to do if this situation Mm -hmm. arises well being an engaged bystander also takes um, practicing you know have this discussion with your family what would you do if someone says this in your presence what how would you react if this happened how would you react if that happened so many things we see is normal in society that's not normal so we have to teach our family we have to teach our friends um, when we gain this knowledge how to then respond in these situations those are great uh, words of advice for everyone. So, um, want to finish maybe with our website and our 800 number? Absolutely. So, you can um, contact Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services at www.dasasmi.org or you can reach us at our toll free number, 800 828. 2023 and like us and follow us on facebook sounds like a great plan thank you so much for joining us thank you thank you for listening to i'm not in an abusive relationship if these stories resonate with you and you need help please visit our website dasasmi.org that's dasasmi.org or call our hotline at 800-828-2023 We are here to walk alongside you. Now, if you know someone who might benefit from our show, please share it. Social media, email, simply telling someone about it, all help us spread the word and help us to combat domestic and sexual violence. We also welcome financial and volunteer support. That information is on our website. Thank you to the staff, volunteers, and board of directors at Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. This podcast is produced with the help of a committee of dedicated advocates. Thank you to WBET Radio in Sturgis, Michigan for the use of their studio. This has been a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence and a production of Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services of Michigan.